with Borderlands Cooperative. Join us for critical conversations about things that matter. Every Friday at 10am on 3CR Community Radio, 855am on your dial. And on 3CR Digital and streaming live at 3cr.org.au. So together, let's think again about important matters affecting us, like economics, politics, education, health, climate, and what we can do about it all. Welcome to our 170th program of Think Again, live from the 3CR studio. Think Again is presented to you by Borderlands Cooperative. My co-host Jacques isn't with us today as he's spending some time with relatives from overseas. But I do have with me a very interesting guest, Tony Moore. Tony's Associate Professor in Communications and Media Studies at Monash University. He was also director of Monash's National Centre for Australian Studies. Tony has been leading a project called Conviction Politics, which brings together information and stories about the resistance and activism of convicts, which apparently led to many progressive reforms in Australia, which we take for granted, like the secret ballot, uh, the eight-hour day, and the right for working-class people to vote. We don't hear much in Australian history about convict activism and its reverberations today, so I thought this sounded like a great project, and Tony has been very kind enough to come to the studio and tell us about it today. Welcome to the program, Tony Moore. Uh, thanks for having me, Jen. Real pleasure. Firstly, Tony, can you tell us a bit about the project Conviction Politics and what led to it being set up? Okay, well, it is a very large Australian Research Council linkage project, so they fund it, and Mm -hmm. it's got a vast number of partners, um, museums, archives, trade unions. um, The ACTU's Trade Union Education Foundation is a partner, the New South Wales Teachers Federation. Not just in Australia, though, we have... Um, archives, museums and unions in the United Kingdom as well. Mm. And we have universities around Australia, including the University of New England. It's led by Monash, but we have Griffith University, Australian Catholic University. But what it does is investigate and communicate a new version of convict history, a revision, an overturning mm. of the orthodoxy. So... Mm. Um, We look at the 3,600-odd political convicts transported to Australia Mm -hmm. and we look at collective resistance against their exploitation Mm. by the mass of convicts. Now, there are approximately 160,000 convicts transported to Australia. Mm -hmm. We see that as a forced migration of unfree labour to help build the colonies in Australia and elsewhere where they were were transported. So, yes, they were part of a system not unlike slavery, but at the same time, and like the slaves in in the Americas, they resisted. Mm. And our our team based at University of New England and uh, at Sensi Lab at Monash and in Tasmania are doing amazing data analysis Mm. of the convict records, these really detailed records of the conduct and life of the convicts in Australia that the government did, that was part of the convict system, kind of like a digital, not not a digital, but a, a paper panopticon, if you like, that mm. 
knew it was data surveillance. But this data is very useful. Mm -hmm. And when you digitise it, you can actually see it wasn't one person that refused to work or refused uh, refused to eat or absconded, but groups. It was a collective resistance. Mm. And people were even forming combinations, uh, not unlike trade unions from the 1820s. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm gobsmacked that we don't know more about this and it's obviously well overdue a project like this. And and it sounds like a massive project too with so many partners and resources Mm. involved. So that's great too. It's obviously a lot of coordination Mm. and talking to a lot of people to get this off the ground. Yes, but I love the project's uncovering of Australia's history of political resistance and activism amongst convicts. So can you tell us a bit more about some of the political prisoners and the movements they were part of overseas and and what they did Mm. here? Yes, so we had transported to Australia some of the the number one troublemakers resisting, I guess, the coming of industrial capitalism and forms of colonialism in the United Kingdom. So, you know... Well over fifteen, well over one thousand to one thousand five hundred Irish rebels, guerrilla fighters, uh, and and liberal reformers mm-hmm. resisting uh, the colonisation of that country. We had machine breakers. We had trade unionists. We had liberals that wanted to change, wanted to make uh, the 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 corruption of the House of Commons will reveal that and change the electoral laws so that more people could vote. Many wanted universal suffrage. Mm -hmm. Some wanted universal male suffrage. We had the Toll Puddle Martyrs who formed an agricultural union. We had... um, uh, trade unionists... And they were from... from England. Yes, that's that's, that's correct. We had the Toll Puddle Martyrs who... uh, uh, Basically, for, they swore an oath to form a, a union to mm-hmm. to raise their wages, and and out of that came. Well, the government had a tricky scheme to say that unions were illegal, and they were transported to New South mm-hmm. Wales and then Van Diemen's Land. Mm-hmm. But we had the Chartists. The Chartists mm-hmm. were a forerunner to the Labor Party, and they were seeking working class political participation, mm-hmm. and and. It, they put brought brought to Parliament to the House of Commons a charter demanding the rights that really were in still came to the Australian colonies in the eighteen fifties and sixties. Mm-hmm. So Australia is the place where Chartism succeeded, but mm-hmm. their leadership, uh, a number of their a significant number of their leaders and, and, and foot soldiers were transported to Australia sometimes for. Uh, an uprising, such as happened in Wales in 1839, but other times just uh, the allegation of conspiring mm. uh, to commit an act of violence if mm. their charter was not accepted. And one of these was a, a black union leader in London called William Cafe, mm-hmm. who became something of the Bob Hawke of Tasmania. He mm-hmm. became a union leader here. And I guess we, with these political movements, we're interested, much as you know, people look, might look at Nelson Mandela, the impact of the transportation and martyrdom of those leaders and the, mm. sometimes d- the dignity of their, 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 their waging of their campaign from prison, mm. uh, things like letter writing, um, 
legal activism, mm. actually editing newspapers while they were prisoners. So oh. these young prisoners from the Young Island Revolution of 1848 mm. had a newspaper called the Irish Exile, whilst their leader refused to accept a ticket of leave. His name was William Smith O'Brien and uh, waged a battle with... Uh, the authorities from his imprisonment, he considered mm. himself a prisoner of war, mm. wrote a treatise on democratic government while he was a prisoner. Mm. And another one, many escaped and got to America where they were hailed as the Americans were always helping these politicals escape, mm. uh, particularly the Irish ones. But they, um, uh, some of them served their sentence and one, one called Kevin O'Doherty immigrated back and became a health minister in the Queensland colonial government uh, his partner, a uh, woman by the name of Eva Kelly, Mary Eva Kelly, who was a firebrand journalist herself and poet, uh, came with him and became a poet in Australia. But he became a leader of the Irish diaspora mm. uh, and uh, championing their rights and also an opponent of blackbirding. Uh, the kidnapping of Torres Strait Islanders to work on plantations. Mm. I guess uh, what we're interested in is how these political prisoners, this this hardcore vanguard, uh, contribute to unionism, radical journalism, uh, the reform movements mm. that are brewing up in Australia. Mm. Uh, the, the movements like the Chartists and Young Ireland are heavily present at Eureka Stockade. Mm. The cha- the 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 uh, Ballarat Reform League points, the points that that come out of the Eureka Stockade, are the charter points. But mm. also, they have the land distribution program of Young Ireland, and one of the Young Ireland uh, theorists, if you like, was was uh, a guy called was James Finton Layla, who was the brother of Peter Layla, who mm. was the leader at Eureka. So we're making the connections in this sort of ferment, this tumult, this political reform movement and the origins of the labour movement that's occurring in the mid and earlier 19th century. We're linking th- the convict phase of that to what comes after because we tend to focus on the 1880s, the eight-hour mm. day, the birth of the Labor Party mm. and the liberal reformers um, mm. like uh, Parks in, in New South Wales and, and Duffy, say, in Victoria. But no one talks about Duffy being a Young Island leader who was no. tried uh, for sedition, acquitted. He didn't get transported, mm-hmm. but all his friends did. And then yeah. he immigrated and became Premier yeah. uh, in Victoria. So we're making those connections, but also connecting the politicals to the mass of convicts, and particularly the working class protesters, uh, machine break- breakers, Luddites, those, uh, those trade so, unionists yeah. were mixed in with so the, the ordinary... So the mach- and so the machine breakers, they were um, rebelling against mechanisation and their poor working conditions? That's correct. It was also a mode of collective bargaining before strikes. Strikes were only just beginning as a mode. So mm-hmm. they were moving away from the days of, you know, burning the boss's house, let's say, or that kind of pitchfork rioting to bargaining. And one way was sabotage mm-hmm. of machinery. But they objected mm-hmm. to the de-skilling of their craft skills, particularly mm-hmm. groups like weavers, uh, metal workers, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, they they use the destruction of machinery as as a way to negotiate. Yeah. And they were after, I guess, a bit of control over their working life yeah. as well as living wage a living wage. Yeah, and I think there were farmers also breaking threshing machines. Yes, we, one of the largest. We watched the Jane Austen 
adaptations on TV and think, oh, it's so peaceful in southern England. <laughs> but in, in 1830, there were mass movement of smashing of agricultural machinery, burning ricks, uh, sending threat, threatening letters to landlords and, 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 and employers by rural labourers and skilled rural workers wanting uh, a decent uh, wage and wanting security of employment. Mm. And that, that 250 were sent to Tasmania, 250 were sent to New South Wales. Now, we often think of convicts as pickpockets running around London, but as, as, as agriculturally skilled workers, they were very much in demand. We mm. have to remember the convict system in its early periods assigned people to employers to work and they Mm. so in that sense the troublemakers are sent out of great britain Mm -hmm. out of sight out of mind but they're in australia and in australia uh, we are investigating the extent to which whilst they're convicts they resist collectively Mm -hmm. and then as pardon people they join the embryonic labor Mm. movement with all those fermenting of ideas and ideas for how change can and should Mm -hmm. Take, go, um, happen. Yeah, and there are pamphlets and there's journalism being produced all the time, mm. both by the political prisoners and by other reformers. Yeah, and and there's some great stories uh, about the feistiness of women convicts working in the factories, I understand. Yes. Um, women work by Hamish Maxwell Stewart and Michael Quinlan on this project and their, their first the first book of the project is out and it's called Unfree Workers. They uh, have found that the female convicts were particularly strong resistors collectively mm. and the, the female factories are where they were all brought together to do laundry and textile work and one famous incident is the We Are All Alike incident where they... Um, were particularly unruly about their treatment. They were refusing to cooperate. Women, they're known as the flash mob. And the women convicts really? used f- what were called <laughs> flash language, I guess, to undermine male authority. Of the a lot of spicy Spicy, swearing. salty swearing salty and, swearing. and sort of Sexual undermining and-, and that sort of thing. But they kind of refused to work and they were threatened and they still refused to work and they started to mass in these circles, these concentric circles, and they said, who's the ringleader? Who's in charge of this? Mm -hmm. The police came and they said, we are all alike. We are all the same, like we're all Spartacus, really. Mm -hmm. And that's a proud moment. And the people involved in that factory, what we see, we're doing network analysis. Uh, uh, Our our research fellow, Monica Schwartz, is doing analysis of the networks of these women across Mm -hmm. Van Diemen's land across Tasmania. We see that they, you know, if they were men, they'd be known as a Robin Hood style hero. And we're, mm. we're, we're restoring these her- heroines to the story of, I guess, collective uh, bargaining, but, all, but also to the origins of the labour movement. Mm, great. Well, on that note, I think it's a good time to go to a music break with We Are All Alike, which is a song from the, as you say, Tony, from the Conviction Politics Project about an uprising by a group of convict women at the Hobart Female Factory. And the song is by Mick Thomas and Ben Salter and sung, uh, yes? Yes, by Angie Hart and the Lady Choir. Exactly. Thank you. Anne McKenna, Catherine Jane, Mary Smith, we're all the same. We are all, we are all, we are all alike. 
Strange must to be 
You're listening to Think Again 3CR 855 AM on your dial, 3CR Digital and streaming live at 3cr.org.au. I'm Jennifer Burrell and today Tony Moore from Monash University is with us. He's telling us about the Conviction Politics Project, which is publicly sharing convict stories of activism and resistance in Australia. Uh, many of which are largely unknown. And I know, Tony, you wanted to tell us a bit more about the digital uh, multimedia aspects of yeah, the project. So as well as doing data analysis and data visualisations, we are making have made uh, 120 short documentaries. Some are animations, mm-hmm. uh, and that one, We Are All Alike, the song illustrates an animated doc- documentary. Many are interviews, we've filmed locations, we've just had shoots in, in Tassie, in Sydney, uh, in the Illawarra region, and in, in the UK and Ireland. Uh, and we're basically creating a Netflix online mm-hmm. hub, a Netflix of convict politics. Yes. So the document not literally Netflix. N- not literally Netflix, no. no. It's called it's a conviction politics hub and you you can connect it to it through the Monash website, which we'll talk about later. But it um has readings, long and short readings we call them. It's got an interactive atlas, uh that is both time and space. We have um Songs, and we have about 12 songs, mm. uh, original ones yeah. written by people like Mick Thomas, who's the musical director of the project. Uh, the documentaries are directed by Steve Thomas, his brother, mm-hmm. who's our chief invest- uh, partner investigator in the project. And we're also um, having a travelling exhibition that mm. will open a d- partly digital, partly physical objects that will open at the Tasmanian Museum and Art Gallery at the end of 2023, early 2024, and then travel to other parts of Australia, the UK and Ireland. So mm-hmm. it's true to say it's bigger than Ben-Hur. Mm-hmm. Now, we're, we're, not, we're not Rupert Murdoch and we, we, we're, we're not, uh, we don't have the resources of Am- Amazon, but thanks to you know, the Australian taxpayer and our very generous partners, we're creating a lot of publicly accessible media, much of which will be available to schools. Mm. Uh, we, you know, especially packaged in sequences of documentary and content because it's time we mm-hmm. understood this uh, alternative and actual story based on the evidence of the convicts and how they built the mm-hmm. colonies but were exploited terribly but resisted. It's a hopeful story. Yeah. But also we need to do it in an entertaining, accessible way. Mm-hmm. We have to bring back stories. Um, you know, Mel Gibson did that with Braveheart. Um mm-hmm. The Bible did that, telling stories, and yeah. storytelling is as important as data analysis. Yeah, uh, and that's we have very gifted people on the project, uh, like Raw Film, mm. uh, Steve Thomas's uh, production house, that are very good at doing this and also translating those media resources into school resources. Yeah, I think the school resources are really important because what strikes me about this is such a rich, interesting history. And I think I told you before the program of a friend of mine who's a teacher, um, and nothing against teachers, he's a very good teacher, but he said Australian history was boring. (laughs) It is boring if we focus on the bush ranger, the cricketer and the horse and Gallipoli, but there's so much more. And Don Bradman. And the Indigenous part of this story is potent because... The convicts share with Indigenous people the disposition, dispossession mm-hmm. from their own lands. Yeah. But 
the terrible way the empire worked in a divide and rule way was the convicts would get indigenous land and be sometimes set against them. But there are acts of solidarity. And, of course, Aboriginal resistors are part of this story. Mm -hmm. They... Um, <clears throat> become convicts. So mm -hmm. they become political convicts. Mm -hmm. So some of the 3,600 political convicts are Indigenous resistors. Mm -hmm. But in a sense, most Indigenous people that ended up in the penal system then and today can be mm -hmm. seen as political prisoners in, in a sense. Uh, and so we have yeah. Indigenous people talking about that in, in the project and Indigenous Indigenous collaborators. Mm, that's fantastic. Um, and I think that's really important. And we don't hear anything usually about the interweaving of those stories either. Yes, well, everyone was on the one street and the one in the one colony, uh, or, you know, an act of violent colonisation occurred in Australia. It had earlier occurred in Ireland and Scotland mm. uh, and, and Wales. And, and that Celtic fringe is the most active part of sort of armed resistance mm. and the more the more biffo part of it. But we have liberal reformers and people that believe in a Gandhi-esque moral mm. force, they call it. And people, mm. But the Indigenous people from the very beginning are entering into the convict system and being internally mm. um, yeah. transported to mm. islands and oh, all gosh. sorts of... Uh, yeah. all, you know, but basically we tell this... Com complex story yeah so tony you're obviously very justifiably passionate about this project <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what uh, i think you've talked about a bit about this already but what do you and others involved hope will come out of the project we think that uh, drawing a new line with the past is a kind of radical recognition in the present and a radical maybe improvement and change you know Things that the political prisoners and the convicts resisted, like surveillance, the harvesting of information about themselves, mm. uh, the the the, the mechanisation of their working life, precarious employment, poverty, mm. uh, these remain with us. And the notions of the liberties, like freedom of asso mm. association, mm. freedom of speech, they live a perilous and yeah. Uh, threatened life, you know. Yeah. So we we need to constantly, and we can be we inspired need to by this. Fight for them, and let's not forget the republic and 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 treaty and these. We need to focus more on this act of violence mm. of colonization, what it did to the people that were forced here from overseas and the people that were forced off their land here to to move forward yeah. and to understand. I think the the early Republicans were interesting because they understood popular sovereignty. It mm. wasn't just about a head of state. Yeah. It was about democracy from the bottom up. Oh, and yes. I think that this is the unfinished business of the Republican debate. Yeah, I think that's a theme very close to our hearts on Think Again. So I think... It would be great to have you talk about that in another program. What does democracy really mean? It's sure, not just yeah. to do with important white men at the top and royal families. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and we are coming, racing towards the end of the project. It's so interesting. I was going to ask you how listeners can connect with the project, but I can put links. Yes, um, if you put the, uh, the, the link to the Monash website, you can get to our hub and see many of the documentaries, listen to the songs, interact with the content. And also if... The project grew out of a, a book called Death or Liberty that I wrote in 2010 uh -huh. and we made a documentary with the ABC okay. called Death or Liberty and that's available from the producer Raw Film. So if you Google okay. Raw Film uh, Death or Liberty, you can 
rent it or purchase that, but you're going to put the link up anyway. I'll put the links up. And Thank you so much, Tony. Uh, and I really appreciate you coming into the studio today uh, to tell us about this really important project that we need to hear a lot more about, Conviction Politics. It's a great pr- project and it would uh, be close to the heart of all activists and campaigners involved with 3CR, I'm sure. In fact, it would give many of them great heart, I think, in their own endeavours when they're feeling a bit despondent that change isn't happening fast enough for them. Thank you. And that's all for today's program. Thanks to all our listeners for tuning in to Think Again on 3CR Community Radio. If you want to contact us, you can email Borderlands, borders at borderlands.org.au. Our programs are available by podcast wherever you get your podcasts and on the 3CR website at 3cr.org.au. Meanwhile, please enjoy Milkumana by King Stingray. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.